thank you everybody so much for joining us this May 11th, 2008 Sunday, 4.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Just remember, if you are not currently speaking, if you could please um, uh, mute your mic, that would be great. And we only have a tiny smidgen or two of business to get underway uh, before we start. Uh, we had a fantastic month last month. The um, uh, We were up eight over 8% month over month, which is fantastic. That uh, it doubles us, I think, in six or seven months, so that is great. And I did a comparison because this re we recently passed the one-year anniversary of me going full-time, which is me moving from a semi-parasitical position to a full parasitical position, not just with Christina, but with y'all. You may notice the um, lamprey marks on your neck. Uh, I haven't quite evolved to vampire yet. I'm still uh, sort of in the sea slug category, but I certainly do appreciate the drops of blood. Thank you to those very much who have recently signed up for subscriptions, including the fine lady who did it twice. I don't think it was a typo. Uh, so she, of course, gets twice as many podcasts, and I think that's uh, well worthwhile for her because she's willing to forego sleep to get the endless biddle-laced baffle rants. So um, uh, we and I so I compared. Uh, I couldn't find the stats for April. I think they're on another computer. But May, uh, we went. We had eighty thousand podcast downloads, and we had over. I think it was 300, no, 280,000 this last month. So that's almost a 400% increase in a year. And I must say, that's pretty sweet. And um, we just had a large number of indicators. We had 10,000 unique IP visits in May of 2007. April of 2008, we had 40,000. Again, 400% increase. And uh, I really, really do appreciate the lengths to which people are going to get the word out. Uh, I've had to cut back on advertising dollars because the stumble upon stuff is, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit is gone. Everything that works on the internet doesn't work three minutes later. Uh, so so we're, if you have any good advertising ideas, feel free to invite uh, or send me an email and uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I've done a Bibvertiser. I've done Google Ads. I've done StumbleUpon. I've done Facebook. I've done MySpace. I've done just about everything that you can think of. Uh, but unfortunately, um, uh, we're a little low. On the plus side... Um, we're closing in on 2,000 uh, free books that have been downloaded in the past seven days. And that, i got to tell you, I think is some pretty fine advertising. Uh, the most popular, of course, Everyday Anarchy, uh, followed by UPB, followed by RTR, followed by uh, Untruth. So um, thanks to those who are sending those around. But I think the 2,000 books in a week is fantastic. Uh, the, um, the print version of Everyday Anarchy uh, will be out uh, it's actually done, and you can order them if you want, but uh, uh, I, haven't, uh, I haven't got my copy yet, so it's order at your own risk. They're less than 10 bucks. I've also reduced the price of the Free Domain Radio books considerably. Uh, again, this is just in, with the idea that uh, you know, the, the cheaper they are, the wider they'll go, and that's a form of advertising. So I've lowered them by 30 or 40%. You can go to freedomainradio.com and check out the uh, Lulu store. I don't think I've adjusted the prices on the page yet. But uh, have a look at the Lulu store. They're very cheap. Remember, there is a Dutch version of Untruth and some other translations in the work for which I thank the interested listeners enormously. And I think that's it for uh, a new business. Uh, if you want to come to the barbecue, uh, which is on the 7th of June, which is, what, two weeks? Three weeks. It's three weeks from now, uh, minus a day. Then you are certainly more than welcome. Uh, we are going to have uh, couches and mats for people to sleep on. Uh, there will, of course, be uh, the, um, uh, by Greg's request, the baby oil mud pit uh, in the backyard. 
where you can also sleep should you feel that way inclined. Uh, you're welcome to come by. Uh, if you're up here Friday night, give us a shout. Maybe we'll go out and do some karaoke or something and um, be around Saturday afternoon. And uh, maybe we'll do a little bit of thing Sunday morning too, go for a hike or something like that. So um, uh, feel free to just drop us a line if you want to come by. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Sorry? Yeah, please RSVP by the 27th. Uh, otherwise, you can, uh, you'll can you have to bring your own food. And uh, let us know uh, if you can make it. We had a great deal of fun last year, and I hope that you will come up to join us again this year. Uh, the uh, London Symposium is still on. Just a minor whine and minor complaint, as usual, because it really wouldn't be an intro to a Sunday show without that. Uh, I have noticed that since since I have uh, since we uh, since we published the London conference, donations have taken a bit of a dive, and that of course I can understand that because people are saying, well, you know, it's going to cost me a certain amount to go to the conference and so on. But just remember that um, <laughs> if you're going to spend fifteen hundred bucks to go to the conference, I get only a small portion of that. So just again, I hate to be annoying and and even remotely sound ungrateful, but just wanted to mention that uh, the. If, you, if you're undecided about the conference and you want to spend a few bucks just to figure out if it would be something you'd like, then uh, may I uh, sort of cordially invite you to come uh, by to uh, freedomainradio.com forward slash miami.html and pick up the audio version. Thanks again to Greg for fixing that up and stitching together a fabulous sounding recording from a bunch of different sources. But uh, you can come and uh, it's 25 bucks. You get uh, almost six hours of high-quality audio, including Christina's fabulous presentation on the origins and mechanisms of cognitive therapy and me mostly showing how that simply doesn't apply to me. Uh, so uh, you can come by and pick that up, have a listen to it, and see if you like it, and that may be a good decision. Uh, help you make the decision about whether to come to London, England uh, for, was it the 24th? Am I right about that? Like that. Uh, anyway, if it's not the 24th, just put it in the chat window and I'll... I'll I'll mention it again. The the suggested price for uh, London is a two-day um, symposium or gathering on the MECO system and its relationship to RTR and so on. We've got a pretty good agenda, I think, worked out. Uh, it's going to be 250 bucks for two days, and if you can't afford that, it's pay what you can. That's the suggested price, but given the basic reality that we want to reach as many young people as possible who may not have that kind of money sitting around in their sock drawer, um, it's pay what you can, uh, but uh, obviously if everybody pays a buck, there will be much woe. <laughs> so, you know, be responsible that way, as I'm sure you will. So uh, that's it for uh, the news on the weather, and uh, I am uh, more than keen and eager to, uh, to hear uh, tales of questions and comments from the listeners. Over to you, Planet. You all just love to have me edit these things, don't you? Let's wait just long enough that Steph has to go in and edit it because, you know, he's got nothing but time. Well, just to break the ice then, um, I've got, uh, I was wondering if you wouldn't be willing to um, go into a little bit about um, the difference between, um, say, uh, forcing yourself to do so to do something you don't want to do and um, uh, um, doing something that uh, that you're you're anxious about but um, want to do 
right? You mean like, like how do you? Sorry, go on. Say again. You mean like finishing oh. a sentence? Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of a effort for me. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I think I understand. I mean, we say follow our feelings, and so for you, what's going on right now, if I understand it rightly, is you're putting yourself out there in the uh, love bug planet world of reproduction. And you're going to see if you can uh, rustle up some interest among the fairer sex. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you and don't want to do that, right? You feel anxious about doing that, and you feel not so much, right? But at the same time, it's like, well, if I followed my feelings, then I would maybe be kind of inert. So how do I know the difference between uh, following my feelings that are genuinely mine and to my own advantage, and versus other kinds of feelings that, if I followed them, would maybe be detrimental to me? Is that right? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly, and and as a contrasting example, I went to look at a um, uh, an apartment share um, on Thursday, I think it was. Yeah, Thursday, and um, I remember feeling um, uh, like really. I mean, it was a great apartment, good location, and you know, all the all the logistical stuff was perfect. And I kept um, having to remind myself of that so that I could get over the um, um, or get beyond, or not get beyond, but to, to uh, stamp down the anxiety I was feeling about the guy who was showing me the apartment. And it, and it wasn't initially either. Um, I mean, I was pretty excited about taking a look at it, but then after a few things he said to me, um, the, the tension level in the room just went up like 100 degrees, and um, I did everything I could to try and ignore it and uh, focus on um, you know the size of the room and the fact that everything was self-contained and the fact that... It was in a good location, and it was a really, really, really cheap price. Um, so, you, so you could, just kind of giving you that example as a counterbalance to the to the dating situation, which is sort of um, the opposite side of that coin for me. If that makes any sense? Uh, no, not yet. No, and maybe not. Well, because. Um, well, sorry. Sorry. In, in the in the dating scenario, you want to date, and that is a genuine goal that you have, but you're afraid of it in some ways. Whereas, with if I understand it rightly, then maybe with the roommate thing, you wanted a place, and you decided not to go for it because of the the personality of the person who would be your roommate, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in in one in one you're deciding to continue on with the dating thing, versus in another you're following your feelings and backing out, right? Right. 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 Exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I would say that the two are related insofar as one's going to lead to the other, right? So you're going to go on a date and you're going to have to make a decision about the person you're going on a date with, right? That's true. So uh, I think that the two are probably in your mind for, some, for, for, for a good reason. I would say that you have control over the variables at the moment in your approach to dating, right? Uh, yeah, actually, pretty tight control. Well, I would um. expect nothing less. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it wouldn't be you if... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, but on the other hand, if you move in with someone who turns out to be the crazy nutjob roommate guy, then you don't have control over those variables anymore, right? 
Right. Right. That's very true. So, so I, I would say that where we have control over the variables, the anxiety is more likely to be an internal block, whereas when we don't have control over the variables, the anxiety or negative feelings about something is more likely to be coming in from, from the outside, right? It's the difference between if I feel a panic attack while sitting in my comfortable armchair listening to classical music, then that's obviously something that is internally triggered, whereas if I'm tied to a tracks and the train tr is coming, uh, that's a lot more likely to be external, right? That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, as far as figuring out the desire versus the fear, mm -hmm. and of course, these two feelings are one and the same. We only have desire because we have fear, right? So, so in terms of dating, Oops, what? you have, uh, uh, we, we all have a fear of rejection in terms of dating, except Christina, because it never happened to her, but, but uh, we all have a, a fear <laughs> of rejection in terms of dating, and that's why we have uh, desire. This is the ambivalence of, of life, right? And so to expect for there to be desire without fear is irrational. Right? There's always going to be fear associated with desire because whenever we want something, it's particularly when it itself is not under control. So the approach to dating is under your control. Whether dating is going to work for you is not, right? Not completely under your control for sure, right? No, that makes sense. Right. So, so you have a desire for a romantic relationship, but you have no direct control over the achievement of that desire, right? Hmm. 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 Because it, because it involves other people. Well, it depends how many people you're dating at the same time and what it is exactly you're doing with them. Uh, certainly, if you're going to get involved in something like a... Menage de 1990, then for sure it's going to involve quite a number of other people. But um, uh, what um, uh, it, it certainly does involve at least one other person, hopefully, right? Right. So well, that makes sense. And and if you don't, if you aim at something that you want and you miss, you feel bad, right? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Right. So. Whenever there is desire, there is fear. Because desire, like, if I want to trim my toenails, I don't feel in either fear or desire, right? Perhaps a certain amount of repugnance and the need for a buzzsaw, but uh, possibly even a machete or a chainsaw. But um, I don't feel it because I have complete control over the variables, right? Right, right. right. But where That's I don't, like, if I, if I want to sell something to someone or if I want people to donate to FDR, that one in particular, right, I have a desire... And then, of course, if people don't donate to FDR, that's very bad for me because I have to get a real job, which is, you know, no good. I'm not even used to wearing pants anymore. So <laughs> wherever I have a desire, I have a fear. And the fear and the desire go hand in hand, right? So where I don't have fear, I don't have desire because otherwise there'd be no motive to do it, right? Right. Right. I mean, I'm afraid of falling off a cliff, but I don't have any desire, so I don't feel that anxiety. Whereas if I woke up every day saying, by God, all I want to do is run off a cliff, I would suddenly feel fear about that, right? Oh, I see. Okay, so the anxiety occurs when, um, which is distinct from the fear, and it only occurs when you actually pursue the desire. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, desire is anxiety because anxiety is goal plus risk, right? 
when I have a mm -hmm. goal of cutting my toenails, there's no risk, right? I mean, I'm not going to use them. I'm not going to use throwing knives from across the room, right? Right, right, right. Or if I have a desire for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm not going to feel a whole hell of a lot of fear about that either. No, I mean, unless you're Elvis eating on the toilet, then no. You're <laughs> not going to feel that, right? So whenever you have a desire where there is a risk or uncertainty, you're going to feel anxiety. That, that is a rational processing of the reality that you want something, but you can't guarantee getting a hold of it. And that if you don't get a hold of it, your desire will be thwarted and you will feel bad, right? Right. right. And we all have a fear of feeling bad, right? I mean, why wouldn't we, right? It would be kind of sure. weird not to. Yeah, that makes, that makes good sense. So sense. desire and fear go hand in hand. I mean, they are the same, the two sides, of this, they're, they're the same emotion viewed from success and failure, right? Right, right, right. I, I see what you're saying. But that still leaves me with a bit of uh, confusion around, um, so, so I have the, this desire to uh, reduce my living expenses, right, and find a cheaper place to live, and, and um, one of those options is, you know, like an apartment share or a room share or something like that, and um, and in the case of Thursday, um, I kind of felt it was um, it was sort of better to um, obey the anxiety than to not. Sure. sure. Whereas, whereas in the case of the dating, um, that that exactly the opposite's been true. It's uh, obeying the anxiety is uh, was not the right approach. Right? Well, sure, but that's because. With the dating thing, you don't have any other variables yet other than your own actions, right? Right. So when you went to go and talk to the, this guy and think about renting a room from him, you actually had, you could accurately assess the variables because you'd met the guy, right? Yeah. yeah. With the dating thing, you haven't met a girl yet. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense now. Now I get it. So you don't that, have any evidence the, yet for which to have rational anxiety about the actual achievement of a goal because you're still preparing for it, right? Right, right. Okay, yeah, that, okay, that makes a lot of sense now. Like if I'm at because... the base camp of Everest and I say, there's just no way I can make it up this mountain, that obviously is an internally generated state. If I'm halfway up the mountain... And, you know, three of my toes have snapped off and I've had to eat my fingers and I'm out of oxygen, right? And there's a storm and there are, I don't know, frozen cows thudding into the mountainside. For me to say, I don't think I can make it to the top of the mountain is a rational evaluation of the odds of, of where I am, right? Right, right, right. Right. Yeah, that made, that makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, I was, after seeing the price and the description, I couldn't wait to go take a look at it. But uh, then once I got there... Um, that's when things kind of went south. So, sure. that's different from that's different from the other situation. Yeah, you actually have evidence rather than the possible thwarting of a desire for which you don't have any evidence yet, right? Right. Right. So that would yeah. be my uh, my suggestion. That definitely clears that up for sure. Oh, so. Really? <laughs>
<laughs> 20 minutes? Can't be. Sorry, what else? Uh, now, we had to... Was there anything else you wanted to ask about this? Because we had uh, Mr. K. Mr. K, I think, from Franz Kafka's The Castle, uh, wanted to call in and speak to us in Prussian? I don't know where he came from, but some Eastern European place. Uh, so, was that okay? Can we move on to another question? That was fabulous. Thanks. Sure. Okay. Mr. K? Mr. K, he did. Laura. Mr. KP, Corporal Punishment, are you there? Yes. Go ahead. Can you hear me? I can. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hello. Do you want to do this for a while? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> What's up? Oh, did you not have something that you wanted to talk about just now? Yes. Um, <laughs> so why are you being just... so difficult with me up front? <laughs> <laughs> This is not a show about me. It's a show about, I got something I okay. really want to talk about. What is it? What's up? Um, yesterday, I had a chat with my mother and I defood. Go on. And uh, whew, it was kind of intense. I believe it. And we talked um, a little bit about your mom in Miami. So I have some of the history, but of course, that may not, won't be the case for other people. So if you'd like to go into a little yeah. bit more of the sort of backup or lead up, that would be, I'm sure, helpful. Uh, sure. Um, uh, back up, yeah. uh, sh well, um, my mom is kind of, um, domineering. My dad's kind of the weak link as it were. And, um, I've been living at home since about, uh, two months ago. I moved out and, um, I've been visiting still like on weekends for uh, dinners and such. And um, finally just got too much to um, deal with the faking, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Having to put on the plastic smile for the foo. And um, so I just decided, you know, we were going to hammer this out. So, I'm sorry, yesterday. I'm sorry, and just mm -hmm. if you could just move your um, microphone just a little bit away from your mouth, I'm getting some breathing. Okay. But um, sure. uh, was this something that you you came in with, or did it was it something that seized you in the moment? Um, actually, it was uh, it was Friday when it really when because it, it happened yesterday. It was Friday when I um. It. Um, I was actually listening to. I've been listening to your podcast from the very beginning, and I got to your series on prostitution. Uh huh. And um, it had not been the first time that I had heard it, but it suddenly struck me that I had a lot of anger bound up against my mother that I think it was leaking out into women in general. Right. And it was like, it took me, I think it's my, it was either the second or the third time that I had heard your prostitution series. And it finally like hit home. Does that make any right. sense? And just, just so people understand, I mean, this is not because your mom's a prostitute. This is because no. that was one of my fiercest, uh, that was one of my fiercest series on FDR ever. Right. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah. that, was a, that was like a battle to the death, right, <laughs> so to speak. And uh, I gave yeah. no quarter, 
and uh, I was relentlessly ferocious about that topic. And that probably had something to do with like hearing that expression of, of you know, let's hope moral anger um, and intransigence probably uh, triggered something within you. Would, would that be a fair approach? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think it was more that I realized that it, it had taken me multiple times to break through to the level of empathy required to actually understand what you were saying. Oh. And at that moment, I knew that something was wrong. Go on. That, Can you tell you know, me a little bit about that? I think that's interesting, in that, but if you could tell me a bit more about that. Well, um, meaning that, you know, you, um, you know, you're you're talking about, you know, exploiting, you know, the 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 exploiting the leftovers of child abuse, as you put it, and it's like it never I. It's like I couldn't muster the level of empathy to actually feel that from the other side, the you know, from the perspective of the exploited woman. I guess does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. And and I understood finally that you know the the amount of just you know the the amount that I had um, drawn myself away from women in general, I guess, because of these really negative feelings I have towards my mother. Right. And then, you know, and with today being Mother's Day, I just, you know, I, I, I just knew that I couldn't go through another, I couldn't go through another family party pretending to be nice and friendly, you know, and all those things. I just, it, you know, it, um, I couldn't do it. Right. And did that, that feeling of, I don't know, enoughness, like uh, I've had enough, mm -hmm. did that uh, arise in you suddenly or was that something that came slowly sort of brick by brick? Um, I mean, it was pretty brick by brick. That was the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were. But it, it had been building slowly. And, you know, I think she might have realized, I'm sure she knew it too that it was coming because when I was coming over to the house, I was like not engaging with her. I would go hang out in my sister's room or something, watch TV, something like that. You know, it was very, I was very dis, dis associated when I was there. Right. And you know, she's not stupid. She can pick up on that. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um, thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, what, um, what happened then? Uh, yesterday well i i uh so i went to the house and uh you know i told her that you know we, we needed to sit down and talk you know and um i had sent her a text message the day earlier because she had been she's been trying to get a touch in touch with me all week because she was worried because i hadn't been calling her and she wanted yeah. to know that i was okay you know and I sent her a text message saying that I was alive and that I wanted to talk to her yesterday. So um, I went over there and, you know, I mean, even when she went to give me the customary kiss of greeting, it was like, ill. <laughs> that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. No, I totally understand. Um, you know, and then we started talking and I started off... Um, with, you know, 
I have these really intense negative feelings every time I come over here, every time I see your name on the call on my phone, you know, and then it kind of went off from there. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried to stay on the RTR track, but, you know, we got off track in the middle. Right. But at least this time I was able to use the the feelings that I was having were like the backdrop. And even after we had gone off into other realms, at, by the end I was able to use it to rein it back in. Yeah, as long as you stayed RTRing with yourself, that's the key thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's I, I I think that was the yeah I think that was the difference. I was aware of what I was feeling. Right now, with um with these other realms, uh, would it be something like arguing about the specifics of stuff that had happened? Uh, some stuff like that. You know, we got into <laughs> we we got into morality and spanking. That one was really. That one was really revealing to me. She, I, I, I had asked her if, you know, it's okay if you spank a kid if he's doing something wrong. She said, well, maybe. You know, yeah. She, she, she basically said yes. And so, so, so then I went, oh, okay. So if you are in a store and the clerk ring, 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 rings up your thing is wrong, then it's okay to slap her upside the head if you know. If she's done it wrong, and then she's like, "Well, no, 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 no," you know. So then I asked her the same question again: "Is it wrong to spank a kid?" And then all of a sudden, the fog went up, right? Uh. Well, you know, it depends on the situation. Maybe you know, could be this, could be that, right? And she, and then, she was a spanker, right? What? But she was a spanker with you, right? Well, I mean, not a not like a beating spanker, you know, but like the the occasional slap type deal. Uh, but uh, on the buttocks, on the head, uh, on the arm? Um, I, I guess various places. I don't remember exactly, to be honest. Uh, but, but, the, but I what... mean, and that was not your primary complaint with regards to your mother, though, right? No, no. But what, what, what got me was that then we kept talking about it, and then she told me, well, what is it? Well, then what about when, what about when you've spanked the dog? Right. And that was when I kind of, ooh, you know, because then she's saying, okay, so I should discipline my child the same way I discipline a dog. Right, right, right. Yeah. And of course, if you're old enough to be remember being spanked, then you're old enough to process cause and effect and to be reasoned mm -hmm. with, right? Right. Yeah, it was... Um, and what yeah. did you what did you get out of that aspect of the conversation? Because uh, you, 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 what was going on in your heart during that time? During that heart in my time, I mean dur dur during my heart in that time, um, at 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 that moment, or just like during the conversation. Well, during the process, because she um, when she was caught, right? When you brought up the the clerk example, then she mm -hmm. began to fog, right? Right. Which is highly instructive, right? Mm-hmm. So no, I, I, it, 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 it was, um, you know, it was eye-opening, even though it really shouldn't have been. If that makes any sense. No, I'm not like sure. I, had, I shouldn't have been. 
well i'm i i'm i mean i it's it's like i think there was a part of me that knew what was going on but did but you know was down there was you know like i hmm? sorry was down there i don't know what you mean meaning that i think that i knew what was going to happen i i i knew what she was going to say oh sure but you know to hear it you know right there and not only to hear it but to you know to hear her to you know to hear her say these things and just not acknowledge at all that they were wrong or anything right. you know that there was a problem with them you know that they were just oh that was the way she did it you know and that's it you know and of course the what and and then her main her main fog front was it you know she she was saying well why are you focusing just just on all the negative things you know what about all the positive things oh <laughs> right and and then i just kept telling her you know i don't i don't remember any positive things <laughs> you know now can you sorry can you tell me what's happening for you just now because this is uh, the third or fourth time that you've had a laugh after saying something mm -hmm. horrible, right? Yeah. So when you say you don't remember any positive things, that's heartbreaking, right? It is. But for you, there's a nervous laugh right after. Is it because you feel that it is an outlandish or absurd thing to say? Or, or why is it that you would say something? I mean, this is not a criticism. It's just an observation. Well, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I think that's part of it. Because, you know, there was one time during the conversation when she got all, you know, she got like really emotionally said, Oh, but you know, I, I just feel that we're so close. And the moment she said those words, I burst out a giggle and, you know, she, you know, and then she's like, thanks, you know, but I, I just couldn't help myself. It was like, I couldn't help myself. It was so, what was coming out of her mouth was so ridiculous. Well, no, I, I agree, and I can understand why that might happen. But when you say, I don't remember anything positive, that's a very heartbreaking thing, right? About your child, yeah, about your parenting, about your upbringing, that you don't remember anything positive. I mean, in the Shawshank Redemption, at least they get to drink beer on the roof, right? Once, <laughs> right? And and if you don't even have that, that's just terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is terrible. And, you know, and it, it, I understand that probably within your family, this would be considered a very hard thing to believe, right? Yeah. No, definitely. Because you, know, you, the, you the, would be uh, like, uh, you would get the, what, not one thing. Are you telling me in the whole 20-year period, not one positive, nothing positive ever happened ever, right? That you'd get that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the... Uh, you know, and then the whole, uh, you know, well, you know, the, it, it, well, I mean, that's later. But when I had told her, when I finally got to the point where I told her, look, I need to take a break, you know, from everything. You know, I just need to not come over for a while, you know, no phone calls and no emails. And then that was when the, that, that was when the parting shot started. I'm sorry, can we just go back to, to just before then? Was was that 
and to me, there would be nothing wrong with this, of course, but was that your intention going in? You know, I'm not sure if it was. I mean, I, I don't know if it, um, if, if it had that, you know, um, I don't know if I had that explicit intention when I went in, but I think as things unfolded, I, th I, th I think I, it felt right to do it. Yeah, certainly the you when you kissed me kind of thing is not a good sign. And can you yeah. think, can you think of under any circumstances in which case that eventual decision that you made, which we'll get to again, can you think of any circumstances or anything that your mother could have done that would have altered that decision to take a break? I'm not saying that she ever would, or I'm just, I'm just curious about that. Right. I mean, maybe if she had admitted a part in anything, you know, if she had admitted any, I mean, any, I mean, even a smidgen of responsibility at all, you know, and, and I'm not saying she needs, to, I, I'm not saying she's responsible for the choices that I make, but to even, but to not even suggest that she's responsible for the context those choices are made in, period. And to just, you know, push everything off and not even regard them as being, you know, as even being that important, you know, because oh, you shouldn't focus on, you know, you, you shouldn't focus on the negative things, you know, you should try to look at the positive things. Uh -huh. you know? So what was, <laughs> so her explanation as to why you had a bad childhood is just that you're sort of a dour individual, like you're just a downer? You just mysteriously focus on the negative, is that... I'm trying to like, I'm trying to understand what was her explanation mm -hmm. as to why you had a negative experience of her. Well, I don't think she really had one. Oh, I bet you she did. I bet she did. So when you said hmm. I don't remember anything positive, what was her response to that? Well, she was like um perplexed, I think. Like, how on earth could you get the impression that there was nothing positive since there was so much that was positive, right? Right. And did she Something admit to anything? Did she admit to anything that was negative? She did. And what was that? You know, and 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 she said that she's not. She said that she's not perfect. Well, but what did you she? Know? What did she admit to that was negative? Well, I mean, she's you know she's admitted to. Um, She's admitted to making mistakes, you know, um, such as, such as, because this statement, well, nobody's perfect and so on. I mean, that, that doesn't really mean anything. I'm not right, perfect. Right. Well, of course, I mean, that's nobody's perfect. Right. So what, what specifically mm -hmm. though, did she say, I did you, you wrong? Know, with you, you, you know, it's weird thinking about it now. I don't really remember. Does that mean you partially remember or you just remember her speaking in Swiss at some point? Well, I think she spoke in Swiss the whole time. I think you're probably right, but it's just <laughs> important to go back and, you know, look at the bodies on the battlefield, right? Because right. 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 That's sort of what I'm trying to do is is a postmortem a little bit so that you get some clarity because you you kind of had to eat a shotgun full of fog for a couple of hours, right? Cuz what well, yeah. Because what 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 I have a feeling that she was doing was that 
I would say that she did something that, you know, I would catch her like that, like that um, spanking thing. Or, for instance, when I told her, when I asked her, you know, well, you know, all the things that you think are right, you feel. And so you just feel things and then you impose that on your children. You know, you feel something's right and then you say, okay, you should do this. But even then, I mean, I don't even know if she thought that was wrong or not. Well, but the question is, right, and this is the untruth question, right, from the book, mm-hmm. which is right. if if my mom had said that to me, I would have said, okay, but when I was a kid, you didn't say do this because I feel it. You said do it because right. I'm right. And, and I, yeah. And now you're saying, well, you do it because you feel, you tell your children to do it because you feel it. It's like, well, why didn't you just say do X because mommy feels that you should? Mm. But you said do X because it's objectively right. Yeah. And now when I question you on the ethics, you say, well, it's all subjective and based on feeling, but that's not how you presented it to me as a child. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? No. No, what I mean is, is it fair to, to say no, that I mean, to your, is that what you actually did? Um, it, would it be fair to say that to her? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you were a kid, she didn't say, do X because mommy feels that, that it's important for some reason that mommy right. can't explain. Right. Because you'd no, been and, like, and I had... why is it that I have to follow your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. But, but she said it's moral, right, or good, or right, or proper, or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I'm not. I'm not getting the sense that you really agree with me, and I don't want to put words in your mouth if that's not what, if that's not what happened. No, I, 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 I do agree with you. I'm just thinking that I, I'm just thinking about how when I was there. See, I, I have this. I, I'm not very good at thinking on my feet. Nobody is in these and, situations. I, sorry. Yeah. I, don't, I, I wouldn't at all judge yourself for your ability to think on your feet during a defu conversation because everybody's retarded in that situation. I was, everybody else is. And I'm sorry, uh, I'm just getting a lot of background noise. I don't know if you're moving around or if somebody else is. Anyway, um, sorry, go on. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, it's, it's like I come up with all the good arguments like two hours after. <laughs> no, we all do. We absolutely, this is not specific yeah. to you. And again, don't, don't uh, put yourself according to this uh, you know, it's like saying, I pulled out my back when I had to lift up that car, so I must be really weak, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so, so at some point, you realized that you simply weren't going to get anywhere in terms of communication, right? Yeah, and, well, the, the other telling thing that happened was, you know, my father was, um, had been in the back working on the car, the family car, and um, he came in. And we're, sorry, sorry, can you just uh, go back for a second? Um, was there a reason why you didn't invite your father in for this conversation? I'm not saying you should have. I'm just curious why. Right. Um, because I don't think that... Um, well, because I, I've... Because I, most of the issues that I have are focused on my mom. Oh, that's not true. Really? No. That's not true. Remember, I always talk about the one parent who gets away, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right. Your, your parents are a system, right? Yeah. Well, one that was what... Well, one cannot act in isolation to the other. Right. 
well, that that was kind of what I was getting to because then when he came in and he, he was getting ready to go to the junkyard to pick up some parts and um, he I guess he started hearing what we were talking about. And um, I was talking, I guess we were talking about um, closeness or how much she knows me. And he walks by with his little tool thing and, he's, and he kind of says, and he just says toward, toward, towards us, you, 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 you know that, you, you know that, uh, that, that lady right there probably knows you more than anyone else on this planet. And then after that, God, my mom went, not. what? Dear God, let's hope not. <laughs> And then right after that, my mom went, oh, 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 no, I don't, oh, I, oh, 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 I don't know him at all. Sarcastically, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very sarcastically. So there was the, you know. Okay, so what's the, as, other, uh, reason? What's the other reason, what's the real reason that you didn't ask your dad in for this conversation? Um, probably because I didn't want to get tag teamed. Okay. That makes What's any not sense? probable about that? Hmm? You said probably, right? So that means that there's a chance. Well, no, that yeah, happen, right? Yeah, that's yeah. There's no probable that would have been guaranteed. It would have been like you know, yeah. It 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 would have been a tag team massacre, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. It would have been that much harder. And mm -hmm. there's also a reason why your mother didn't pause the conversation and invite your dad in, right? Right. And why didn't she do that? Because she wanted to, um, because she wanted to take care of me herself. No, because she didn't no. take care of you. Hmm. What do you mean? Well, it's a it's a really tough question, so I'm gonna not beat around the bush, and I'm going to tell you what I think, and you can tell me if it makes any sense. The okay. reason that your mother did not invite your father in for this conversation, and the reason that you didn't invite him in, is because you wanted to retain the illusion of a good parent. Mm. Right, because because if you, if, if you defoo from your mom, then you're still going to be open to sentimental appeals from your dad, right? Right. So if he stays out of the room, then he can be the good cop later, right? Right. But if he comes into the room and he's revealed as part of the system that ignored and exploited you, then he can't retain the halo of the good cop for later, right? Hmm. Right. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. That doesn't quite have the kapow of truth for you, though, right? Not as much, no. And, and there could be some other reason, but it would seem to me a highly unusual thing for a Defu conversation to be occurring and for one parent to be in the other room, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the tag team thing is, is important, right? Because you said to me, the reason that I didn't ask my dad in is my problems are only really with my mom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you're, whenever I get mm-hmms, I always get concerned, right? You may have heard okay. me talk about this before, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it means that people are annoyed at me, and that's fine. I don't mind that they're annoyed at me, but 
we need to deal with that, right? What is it? How do you feel when I stop bringing up your dad? <sighs> um, I don't know. I, I guess I, um, there's no, I guess. Um, well, you can guess, right? We, we don't have to be certain. Yeah. Because um, I'm bringing your dad into the room in this conversation. Right. right? And you don't particularly like it, I think. No, no, no. There's definitely something I don't like about this. Right. <laughs> no. Um. Well, I I guess I feel that he's still kind of a victim. Right. If that makes any sense. Oh, for sure, for sure, right? Because you know he's not the uh, you know like I said he's sort of the weak path. Well, that's a, that's an assumption. That's a story. We don't know that for sure, right? True. True. But you know, for so give me give me the mythology about your dad, right? So I can start you off, like uh, you know, he 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 uh, he married this woman who turned out to be dominating and dictatorial. He just had to do his best to try and keep the peace, and like give give me the story about your dad. Hmm. I mean, well, let's see. He met her at a bar, and he doesn't frequent bars. It was like an accidental thing. His car broke down. And he just happened to um, stop in at this bar and met my mom. And as they got it on, as they started to develop their relationship, she went to Spain. And he stayed at her house in Miami. Because you know, my, my mother's Cuban and her family had a house. Sorry, she went, actually sorry she went to Spain, is that right? Yeah. Okay, and he stayed at her house. Mm -hmm. And he kind of just stayed there the whole time. Would, would, would come like every day, you know, do, ma do, do maintenance on the cars, have dinner, you know, While she was like in waiting for her. Yeah. All right. And then, um, and then eventually they got married. I'm sorry, and, and, and I'm going to just uh, uh, speed you fast. I'm not looking for the biographical details. I'm looking for okay. the mythology. The mythology. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I wasn't clear. When I talk about the story of your dad, okay. what I mean is... Right. Uh, what is his story about being a victim? Like, if you were to say, Dad, why didn't you ever stand up for me, what would he say? Hmm. What would he say? I mean, I, he might say something like, you know, well, it's your mom. You should listen to your mom. Something like that, maybe. Uh, okay, because you told me that he's a victim, right? And you don't have any big problems with him. Mm, yeah. So how do you know that he's a victim? And, and I'm just, just saying put yourself in his shoes and give me the story about right. how helpless he was when you were growing up and how helpless he is to interfere or, or to manage your mom. Well, he works a lot. Okay, so I'm a victim because I work a lot. That's good. What else? What What are the excuses? Um. Hmm. Well, this is hard. Sure. 
It'll be very easy once you get them, but it's hard because you're getting them <laughs> consciously, right? Yeah. Um, what are the excuses? Yeah. Why didn't you? Why didn't you stand up for me when I was a kid and my mom wasn't treating me well? Why didn't you step in and make it right? Well, I worked you, a lot. You're... People say I worked a lot, and. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I worked a lot, and you know, your 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 mom's a very strong-willed woman. Yep. You know. Um. You you, you 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 know she's she's better at that child raising stuff. So the kids are her responsibility. I think to a certain extent. Well, no, that's what he would say, right? Yeah. Yeah, All right, know, so he, I work a lot. Your mom is strong-willed. She she's better at the child raising stuff. What else? Um. Hmm. What else? How did his son end up having a crappy childhood when he's the father? Did he not notice? Did he not care? Did he not believe he could do anything about it? Did he not want to piss off your mom? Did, like what was the reasons? That he would give. I don't know if he really would would have noticed if I had a crappy childhood. Okay, why wouldn't he notice that you'd had a crappy childhood? Well, you know, because we didn't really talk that much. He's kind of the silent type. But that's not the issue, right? The issue is not whether he talks. The issue is why didn't he? Notice. Right. Why didn't okay, he notice? Okay, do you think that he noticed? Hmm? Do you think that he noticed that you weren't having fun as a kid? No. Or, well, no. Yeah, I think he did. Okay, so we've established that he's not in a coma, right? He's not right, functionally right. catatonic because you were having a bad childhood that you can remember nothing positive from, right? Right. And your father happened to notice that you'd had a completely non-positive childhood, right? Yeah. So he noticed. See, and, and, and I think he would probably say also that he, he had a hard time understanding me because I wasn't like him. In, okay, like, and, and let's, that I like let's, to do. Let's, let's do this. Let's role play, right? So you play your dad, and I'll play you, right? Okay. Because this is uh, this is tough for you, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, so, Dad, you say that you had a tough time understanding me, right? Yes. So, can you tell me what efforts you made to try to understand me? Well, you know, I tried to. Tried to do things with you. I tried to, you know, we, you know, we, 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 we built that wooden go kart to, to, together, and, you know, we, we, uh, tried the baseball. We, we, we tried the baseball thing, but that was a total failure. But that's um, doing stuff together. That's not you trying to understand me, right? Right. So I mean, the the problem wasn't. 
I didn't know how you would build a doghouse, right? The problem was, I don't understand you as a child, right? So building a doghouse together doesn't solve the problem of you not understanding me, right? Yeah. So what efforts did you make? Or what efforts did you take to try and deal with the problem that you didn't understand me? Hmm. You know what? I don't know. I mean, I tried to do things that I thought would be fun. I even played, I even tried playing video games with you for a little bit. But these are things that you thought would be fun, right? Yeah. But that's not solving the problem of that you don't understand me, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you, un you understood or you felt that you didn't understand me and you felt that I didn't have a happy childhood, or I mean, did you think that I had a happy childhood? Did I seem contented, and, and, and did I laugh spontaneously, and was I delighted to come home, and was I having a happy childhood, in your opinion? Well, no. Not really. Okay, you say not really, so tell me what part you felt I was having fun with. I mean, I don't know. You seemed like you were, you know, you seemed okay when you were at parties and things like that. But, um, but I don't eat really, I don't, I don't know how happy you were. Well, you just said that you didn't think I was happy. So which is it? That you didn't know whether I was happy or not? or that you knew that I was unhappy? Hmm. I didn't know you were happy or whether you're not happy. Because you said you, you knew that I was unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. let's go with the fact that you knew I was not having a happy childhood, right? Mm-hmm. What did you do about that? That's a problem, right? You, you obviously would prefer that I had a happy childhood, right? And I would have preferred to have a happy childhood. So you chose to bring a child into this world with your wife, and this child was not having a happy childhood. And you recognized that as a problem even at the time, and what did you, I mean, I'm, I'm open. Maybe you did something and I've completely missed it. And this will turn this whole thing around and I will recognize that I'm being unjust. I'm perfectly happy to be completely corrected on this. I'm wide open to being convinced otherwise. So tell me what you did to solve this significant problem that your child was not having a happy childhood. I, I don't think I did anything. All right. Um, so you don't think you did anything. Can you tell me what you think you did? Because this kind of like a fog, right? I don't know what that answer means, right? Can you, okay. Well, maybe I mean, I tried to do things 
that Sorry. we that I thought would be happy. Well, but did they work, right? No. Like if I say I want to build a wall, so I put a CD on and listen to music, and then I found that the wall magically didn't get built, I would say that I did the wrong thing and maybe I should try something else, right? Mm-hmm. So what did you try? And again, I'm totally open to being corrected on this. You know, make the case. I'm, I would be I would be overjoyed to be proved wrong. So what did you do to solve the problem that I was not having a happy childhood? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I'm not sure what that means. Well, Does that I, I mean don't, like, I, can you remember one thing that you did to solve the problem of me having an unhappy childhood? No. So what that means is, and again, I'm, you, we can we can co correct or reverse this at any time, but what mm -hmm. this means is that you knew I was having a happy childhood and you didn't do anything to change that. Again, I'm just trying to understand where, what you mean when you're saying all this. No, that makes sense. That, that, okay, yeah. so there's really only one of two possibilities here that, that can be occurring. If you knew, I, so we, you knew I was having an unhappy childhood and you didn't do anything to help or to change that, so one of two things is occurring. Either you don't care about me at all, right? Which I don't think is true, but, but it's a possibility, right? Or mm -hmm. you cared about me, but something was blocking you from having me have a happier childhood or taking the steps that would have helped me to have a happier childhood. So I would say that it's probably not true that you don't care about me at all, right? That you're completely indifferent as to whether I had a happy childhood or not, right? No. I mean, that would be crazy, right? You'd, you'd be a monster, right? Mm-hmm. And you also wouldn't be in this conversation, right? Right. And I'd be like, too bad, sucks to be you, get lost, the game's on, right? Yeah. So what that means is that you knew I was having an unhappy childhood, you would very much have wanted me to have a happier childhood, but something was in the way, right? Right. What was in the way? What stopped you from acting? What stopped me from acting? Okay, if this is too tough, perhaps you mm -hmm. can answer another question. We can come back to this. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, why was I having an unhappy childhood? Why were you having an unhappy childhood? Okay, if this is too tough, we can mm -hmm. take another approach at it. Do you yeah. think that I had an unhappy childhood because I'm a naturally or inevitably sour, negative, and unhappy person? 
In other words, no. do you think that I'm incapable of being happy and that's why I was not happy? No. Okay. No. I agree with you, I hope. So I am capable of being happy, but something is preventing me from being happy. Now, was it that I was continually sick? No. Right? No. Um, so it must have been something within my environment that was causing me to have an unhappy childhood. And what was that thing? And it can't have been a thing. It had to be a person, right? Yeah. So who was it who was causing me to have an unhappy childhood? Well, it was me and your mother. All right. But you noticed that I was not having a happy chi- I was not having a happy childhood. So the responsibility then would fall upon you as the person who noticed that the building was on fire to call the fire department, right? The person who doesn't know that the building is on fire doesn't have a responsibility to call the fire department, right? Right. So Right. So you noticed and you didn't call the fire department and why did you not do that? Why did you not act to give me a happy childhood when you knew that it was mom who was preventing me from having a happy childhood? Well, because I because you know I love her you know and I, I you know and you know and she had such a hard time because of your brother you know all the special care we had to give him. What could I do? Okay, so you felt that to act to give me a happier childhood would have meant opposing something that mom was doing. Is that right? Yeah. And what would that have looked like? What was mom doing that was causing me to have an unhappy childhood? Well, it was like she was. It's like she was squeezing you into a box. Go on, Hessa. You know, she. You know, she would. You know, this is. This is how it's going to be around here, and you have to fit. Certain way. So, kind of rigid and controlling, is that right? Yes. And you had some idea that this was causing me to be unhappy, right? Yes. And what would have happened if you'd have said to your wife, "You kind of need to loosen up on on Kevin a bit here, right? This is not good for him. He's not happy." What would have happened? Well, she would have rejected me. What does that mean? She would have divorced you? 
maybe. Okay, well, what does rejected you mean, then? I don't know. She would have... She would have... You know, withheld her love. What, what, what does that mean? You wouldn't have gotten any? Like, help me understand. This is all too abstract. I don't know what the, What would have happened if you'd have said, loosen up on Kevin. Stop she would have gotten angry at me. What would have happened? She would have gotten angry at me. Okay, she would have gotten angry at you. And so what? Are you not allowed to have an opinion when your son is unhappy? Are you not allowed to fight for your children's happiness? I'm allowed to have an opinion. Okay, so you had an opinion about what mom was doing to me that was giving me such an unhappy childhood, and you didn't bring it up with her because you were afraid that she was going to attack you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you, are you, do you think that was a good decision? No. Why not? Well, I mean, look at what happened. What happened? You're all unhappy. Well, but we, we were unhappy then and you were fine with it, so what's different? That you're going away. Because uh, I'm not seeing mom and you for a while? Mm hmm And what outcome did you expect to happen when you continually threw me to the dogs because you didn't want to get your wife mad at you? I mean, seriously, I mean, just, just man to man, what did you think the outcome was going to be? Did you think that I was going to respect you and look up to you, venerate you as a courageous and heroic father? I thought you'd just take it. Like you did. Yeah. And are you proud and happy that you just took it and sacrificed your children's happiness for the sake of your own immediate comfort? No. So do you want me to live with the same kind of shame that you've lived with? Is that what you want from me? No. Do you want me to go down the same path of cowardliness and throwing children under the bus to placate an angry wife? Is that what you want from me for my future? Is that what you want from me for my marriage and how I'm going to deal with my children? No. Because I bet you this is the biggest shame that you have, and I bet you you would give your right hand, if not both hands, to go back and act differently in the past, right? Because every single time you made that decision and you said, you know what, I'm too scared of my wife. But if you, to, to act, to, to help my, my son. But if you're too scared of your wife, how am I supposed to deal with her as a kid? And what kind of template did you give to me about how a man deals with a woman, how a man relates to a woman, how a man interacts with a woman, how a man stands his ground with a woman. When you basically said you have children and then you sacrifice those children's happiness 
to your wife's bitchiness because you're too much of a coward to open your mouth. What kind of impression do you think that gave me of the role of a man in a relationship? You just go hide in the garage and tinker around with bullshit because you're afraid to say boo to a woman that you chose to marry. And then you say, well, I, you know, now everyone's unhappy. No, everyone was always unhappy. Right? Right. And you still won't stand up to her even now, right? This is the part that I really, really can't forgive. So I'm talking with mom about problems I had. And I say to mom, I don't feel that you know me. And what do you say when you walk through the room? She, she knows you better than anyone. Right. Do you see how you're still fucking me over? Do you see how you will stuff me into the jaws of your wife so she won't even nip you? Mm -hmm. Do you see now, decades after, years after I was a kid, you're still doing exactly the same goddamn thing that you did when I was a child. Which is fucking me over to appease your wife. Siding with her against your own son. Yeah. And you get that you're not really that sorry. Because you just did it no, again no. yesterday, right? And you will continue. I mean, kind of, just man to man, let's be straight with each other. You will continue this, right? What are you going to do? Get yeah. divorced when you're 60? Right. I mean, you've made your bed, right? This is the life that you've chosen. These decisions have been embedded in you for 20 plus years, right? You're not going to stand mm -hmm. up to mom for my sake or for your sake anymore, right? It's not going to start now. No. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Mm-hmm. So it's clear, or at least it's certainly clear to me, maybe it's clear to you or maybe it's not. It's clear that I have nothing to look forward to from you but additional betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, right? No, I, you're absolutely right. So you're going to hold me down while mom kicks me, right? As you always have. Yeah. And look, I mean, this is the choice you've made. This is the choice you've made for many, many years. You're getting old now, and it's not like you want to go and hit the dating circuit, right? And even if you did, it would take years and years of work and guilt and shame to work off this kind of problem, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you're just not up for it, right? No. 
right? No, that's, that's where you want to be. You want to be in the garage tinkering around with bullshit while your family fucking collapses around you, right? And then you want to say, as you walk past your family disintegrating in the fucking kitchen, what you want to say is you want to put a little fucking jab in there. And then what you want to do is say, the most important thing for me is to go to the goddamn junkyard and pick up some shit for my car, right? Yeah. Fucking me every way you can, right? Yeah. Humiliating, belittling, siding with the wife, saying that although my family is disintegrating, I got to get me to the junkyard, right? I'm less important than a piece of fucking junk to you. Right? You're right. I mean, this, I'm just calling a spade a spade, right? Yeah. That's what you clearly communicate. You knew exactly what was going on in the kitchen, right? Yeah. And you didn't come in, right? No. Because it's really important for you to work on the car, right? Mm-hmm. Really important. Then, yeah, and then when you come through and you realize that your son is saying to your wife, you don't know me at all, which is a pretty dire thing, right, to hear from a family member. Mm-hmm. If my wife comes in and says, Steph, I'm going to leave you, and I say, that's nice, honey, I just want to finish my video game. How would she feel? Say that one more time. So I'm sitting at my computer playing some stupid-ass video game. My wife comes in and mm -hmm. says, Steph, I'm going to leave you because you don't ever listen to me. And I say, that's nice, honey. I'm just going to finish my video game. Yeah. How's she going to feel? She's going to feel like crap. Yeah, and she's going to think, well, good riddance. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what you did. You saying to me, it's more important for me to fix some old, broken, stupid ass car, more important for me to go and pick up some crap from a junkyard than it is for me to lift one goddamn finger to save my family that's falling apart. Betrayal, humiliation, siding with the abuser, that's all you've got to offer me, right? When we look at the facts. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to break the role play here, if that's okay, just so we can have a quick uh, go over. Yeah, would, sure. Was that useful for you? Oh, immensely. Um, yeah. Now, did you realize that the mm-hmms came back in when you were role-playing your dad, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. So now <laughs> we know where they come from, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean when I say that the family is a system, right? Right. There's not one bad parent. There's never one bad parent. Right. Your mom couldn't have done what she did without your dad's explicit, implicit, complete, and total enabling participation and support. 
at least your mom invested an hour or two in fogging the shit out of you, right? Your dad only passed off a only tossed off a caustic comment on his way to the junkyard. Right. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So when you said to me, well, my major problem is with my mom, not with my dad. Didn't. I was full of shit. Yeah, well, no, you weren't full of shit. You were full of your dad. Yeah. Right, that's his story. Yeah. You know your mother. That's his story. Yeah. But it's not a story that stands up to much scrutiny, right? No, it's not. No. I built a doghouse with you. Jesus Christ. <sighs> I mean, that's avoidance. Yeah. That's not intimacy. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I didn't think of it exactly that way, but yeah, it is. Right. And at this point in your life, there's nothing that your parents can do or say that is going to be a solution, right? And I, you know, when you were... Uh, I mean, I get that you were genuinely feeling stuff as your dad... But what I got, and you can tell me what you were feeling, but what I got was just self-pity. Yeah. Right? He wasn't sorry that he did shit to you. He was just sorry that, that you were making him feel bad. Kind of like a sniveling. Do, do you know what I mean? Because when mm. you were role-playing your dad, not once did your dad say, and how are you doing? And how are you feeling? And, and what's going on for you, right? Right. So it was not tears of empathy, right? Or understanding. It was tears of self-pity. Hmm. Do you, do you think that I was crying as my dad? I think it was a combo. Yeah. I think that you were getting a sense of the immense gulf between you. And of the, the disloyalty yeah. and lack of bonding, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I thought, too. Because I noticed that, you know, he, as I was role-playing him, I wasn't too defensive. No, you weren't. I mean, that was, I mean, you were like, yeah, 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 no, that was bad, right? You weren't that defensive. You know, and, and of... I don't know if that's because he wouldn't really be defensive or... Maybe that's part of my story of him. I'm not sure. No, I don't think. I don't think he. I mean, I think the role plays that we do with family members are usually pretty accurate because we've got a lot of experience mm -hmm. exposure with them. I think that probably would go some something like that. And what he would do is he would become passive and self pitying and hope that that would be a strategy that would work, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want there to be a good cop left in your parental mental rogues gallery, right? Right. There was my mom, the fogger, who did me a lot of harm, and then there was my dad, the distracted victim, who, you know... No, no, he victimized kind of you there. as much as she did. He victimized you as much as she did. She could not have victimized you without him. You're right. And it's like, hey, if, if, if he's too scared to call your mom on stuff, what the hell are you supposed to do? Yeah. It's like saying uh it's like a dad saying to some guy coming down the street saying I'm going to beat up the next person 
I see. It's like a dad taking a four-year-old and throwing him at the, the bully. <laughs> Saying, shit, I don't want to get beaten up. You take it. And, and, and then just walking on past. Yeah. Quickly. <laughs> and then say nothing happened, right? We would look at a man like that and say this is about the vilest, scummiest father on the planet, right? Yes. I can't handle this bully. You do it, son. When you're four. Wow. I don't want to get beaten up. Here, hit my son. He's three. Mm. Damn. I'm scared of the bully. Let's give let's give the bully children to beat up on. Well, even better. First, let's first let's get the bully pregnant. You're right. Right. So, Porter for nine months. So that we can give her children to beat up on. Right. I'm scared of my wife, so I'm going to give her children and not protect them. My wife is a bully, and he knew this before he married her, let alone before he had children. My wife is terrifying to me. She is a bully, and I will never stand up to defend myself. So the best thing that I can do is bring helpless children into the mix, right? Yeah. And then he walks through the kitchen when his family is hanging in the balance. You know, all, all, all I can hope is that the pieces of junk that he picks up, picks up from the junkyard yesterday, that he picked up yesterday, I hope that they're going to be really great at holding his hand on his deathbed. Yeah. I hope that he made the right choice and they turn out to be better and more positive and more supporting and helpful and loving children than the ones he ejected for the sake of that piece of trash. Yeah. Because it'll have to do. Well, that's the choice he's making, right? Yeah. Oof. Well, I'm going to, if, if it's all right with you, I'm going to stop here, um, and, and mm -hmm. unless there's anything else that's got a yearning burning, but obviously you've got a, uh, a, a, a mess load of... <laughs> Of, of stuff that we've talked about here that you might want to yeah. take time to mull? Yeah, I think that would be good. Okay, well, um, thanks very much. I appreciate that for going into the role play. I know that wasn't easy, but I think it was very helpful for, for yourself and for other people. We don't deal that much with dads here, right? I mean, because a lot of the, the stuff that comes up is to do with moms, and I've really yeah. been on the list to deal with dads for a while, so I'm glad that we had a chance to yeah, do that. Yeah, that was, no, that was very helpful because that, that put things in a much different, better perspective, I think. Good, good. Okay, well, thank you, and, and keep us posted about, about how you're doing and how you're feeling. Okay, thank, thanks, Steph. You're very welcome. And um, uh, I guess we have time for a Uno question-o-rama, little do-diddle-diddle-ding-dong. Olay for tang for tang biscuit barrel. Did somebody else had a question or comment? No? Going once, going twice. Bing, bing, bing. And so we come to the end of the Sunday show for May the 11th, 2008. Thank you so much for the two callers. <laughs> but it's, it's quantity. It's quality, not quantity. 
uh, unlike the podcast series as a whole, which is quantity, not quality. But uh, hopefully uh, it's still to people's satisfaction. Thank you so much. Again, please RSVP if you're interested uh, in the uh, Sunday call-in show. Just send an email to host at freedomainradio.com. Feel free and please be sure to send people the links to the uh, free books. You can either send them the direct links, um, which you can get from freedomainradio.com forward slash free dot html. And why dot html? Because I can't exactly figure out how to set up free with a default page because I don't know PHP. But uh, if you could send people the free books, that would be fantastic. Send them to the site. We've got lots of free material that's out there that you can give to people and um, sh share the word that way. Again, just because we're running up against some of the dry shores of internet uh, spend, uh, we sort of beached the FDR spending whale, so to speak. And uh, if you could do your part to send stuff out, that would be fantastic. Um, and uh, please remember to kick a few bucks to your starving philosopher, um, because um, we are going to be uh, starting up new ad campaigns shortly. And of course, there are continual expenses, uh, mostly belly dancing and foot rubs. So uh, for Christina, I'm fine with them. But um, thank you so much for listening. And have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful week, everyone. And thanks again, particularly to Kevin. That was a great, great call.